Listen as Dr. Stephen Pipe from the University of Michigan in the United States and Deborah Pollard from the Royal Free Hospital in London discuss HTC readiness from a global perspective. This podcast is part of a comprehensive educational resource designed by leading experts for the global hemophilia community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in gene therapy and hemophilia. Visit www.genetherapy.isth.org for more information. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Pipe. I'm a pediatric hematologist at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan in the USA. I'm joined today by Deborah Pollard from uh, the UK. Just to give you a little bit about myself, I'm the pediatric medical director for the Hemophilia Treatment Center uh, here at the University of Michigan. Uh, We are a comprehensive care center that looks after uh, children all the way through adults. And uh, we've also been extensively involved in gene therapy trials for uh, several years. And that's our topic for today. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Hemophilia Treatment Center uh, readiness. Uh, So Deborah, I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners today. Thanks very much, Steve. Well, I am a haemophilia nurse specialist and advanced nurse practitioner working at the Royal Free Hospital in London. We are an adolescent and adult centre and a large comprehensive care centre. And we have been involved in the gene therapy studies since the initial UCL St. Jude study, which is now more than 10 years ago. And like yourself, we too have been involved in phase one to three studies for some time now. Well, thanks, Deborah. So what I'm interested to hear is what have you been discussing uh, with colleagues in Europe about what the models will look like for delivering gene therapy in the clinical care setting through your HTCs or whatever models have been discussed so far? Uh, Yes, sure. So there has actually been a formal statement. The statement was issued in May of this year by EHAD, which is the European Association for Haemophilia and Allied Disorders, and the EHC, which is the NMO organization, the European Haemophilia Consortium. And they uh, issued a statement saying that they would be recognizing a hub-and-spoke model for haemophilia and rare bleeding disorders using gene therapy, and very much that this would involve gene therapy being prescribed and managed exclusively by the comprehensive care centres as national hubs. And then monitoring and follow-up can be uh, taken place much closer to the patient and family's home in perhaps the smaller treatment centres, but relying on very close communication with the primary expert hub. And how does that model reflect what's already been done through the clinical trial process to date? So I can only speak for the UK, but there have been a number of similar models to that in as much as obviously with clinical trials, we have a few centres involved as the sites for administration. And in fact, some clinical trial centres for phase one studies in the UK are away from haemophilia centres. So patients may have had infusion at a a phase one study site, but gone back to their comprehensive care haemophilia centre for all of their follow-up. Ourselves, we are a comprehensive care centre and we are an infusion centre as well. And we have had patients referred to us 
from smaller centres around the country who have been eligible and have been enrolled in study and then have had part of their follow-up close to home and part of their follow-up back in the main centre. Yeah, this is a similar experience that we've had with the clinical trial models here in the U.S. Um, there are many more centers that are opened up as gene therapy uh, clinical trial sites, but a smaller number of centers have actually dosed patients. And uh, there could be many reasons for that. Uh, I think even as centers opened up these clinical trials, they realized that there were some hurdles that needed to be overcome for them to actually deliver gene therapy at their center. And over the course of the trial, they weren't actually able to get over those hurdles. And so uh, sites that were up and running as dosing centers, we would have patients uh, fly in or drive into our centers. We would do the dosing here. And then they would return back to their home clinical trial site for the follow-up. And so actually that model has actually worked very well. And I think now we're thinking across the U.S., this idea of uh, dosing centers and follow-up centers, really analogous to the hub-and-spoke model that uh, has been put forward by EHAD and EHC. I think this could work really well. I think what our experience is, is that to be a dosing center or a follow-up center still requires the same level of knowledge and expertise in order to ensure good outcomes for patients. In my experience with gene therapy, the, the actual dosing day is uh, relatively anticlimactic. And what's really going to be impacting the outcome for patients is uh, really expert oversight for the patients in the post-administration phase, uh, tracking uh, transaminases, determining when patients uh, may need to begin immunosuppression and uh, tracking their response to that and their uh, factor levels, et cetera, helping patients manage any bleeding issues that, that may arise. Um, so I, I think this model can work very well, but uh, I think the idea of centers of excellence really can be expanded from not just thinking about the dosing centers, but also to the uh, follow-up centers. So I would agree completely. I think that it lends itself to requiring great communication and collaboration among the professionals in order to support the patients where they need it most and when they need it most. And we know from the clinical studies so far that we do have intensive periods of follow-up. It would be impossible to expect patients and families to travel long distances to effectively have their liver function tests monitored or their factor eight monitored, which can be done closer to home. And then with good collaboration, the delivery of immune suppression and reaction to any changes in the condition can be achieved without too much disruption. Now, are you expecting that all gene therapies are only going to be administered through the hemophilia treatment centers? Or is it possible that um, centers that do gene therapy for other disorders may also end up treating hemophilia? At the moment, for gene therapy for hemophilia, we are expecting it to be delivered in hemophilia treatment centers and in the comprehensive care centers. However, as we go forward in the science of gene therapy, and more of the rare disorders have access to gene therapy. That may well change and there may well be delivery centers for gene therapy uh, where the care is then followed up in their disease areas. So it might not be disease specific because a bit like you, the um, 
we've noted that the day of infusion is not necessarily what people expect. We particularly have a long run into the day of infusion. We involve our psychologists, uh, nurse specialists, obviously the lead hematologist, and the patients are seen many times in the lead up to consent and infusion. And so for them, I agree that the day of infusion is somewhat uh, anticlimax, but uh, it's all about the skills and expertise following the day of infusion, I think, or, you know, beyond that first week, which can be delivered with the appropriate education and experience in most large haemophilia treatment centers. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, you know, since the HTCs know these patients so well, they know where their current level of treatment is, um, they're best suited to uh, have those initial discussions with patients and uh, set them up uh, for the delivery of the gene therapy um, and conduct the, the follow-up. So I think HTCs are going to be a prominent component of this uh, next phase of uh, clinical care delivery. Well, that's all the time we have for uh, this episode. Uh, thanks for joining me for this discussion. Great. Thank you very much. Earn your CME credit by clicking the link for credit. Check back for more podcasts on gene therapy and hemophilia. Additional education is available on www.genetherapy.isth.org, an educational resource designed by leading experts for the global hemophilia community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in gene therapy and hemophilia.